All right, we are here, and dear audiences, we're going to be covering a very serious topic today. It's going to be a really uh, emotional and saddening episode, so I just wanted to let you all know in advance and to really prepare you for what's to come today. Yeah. Uh, thank you that you mentioned that just because just the weeks that we've been having, but also just like the content of the movies definitely touched us in a certain way. So just to kick it off, I'm Demetrius. And I'm Demetrius. And Meach and Meach presents the Blurred City Podcast. So we have another special guest today. I think that for the rest of of uh, just the first half of season two, we're going to have guests, which is pretty cool. Uh, so if you want to introduce them each since you know better. Uh, yes. All right. So who we have here today is my boy, uh, my homie, my my ride or die. Uh, this is a man who I've known for a while and he's he out here for the nerd culture and he's out here with with it all. Meet the dreaded double D Donovan. Hello, hello. Thank you. Thank you for the introduction. Thank you both for having me on. Yeah, definitely. When we were uh, coming up with like who we wanted to have guests, because we definitely wanted to have more guests in season two. I was like, all right, meet who you got for us. And then popped up. So I was like, dope, definitely. So before we get into everything, let's hit you with the legal spiegel. All right. So the purpose of this podcast is, is to explore digital and print media. All sources we reference are owned by their respective companies and our thoughts and opinions are strictly our own and reflect no biases or corporate agendas. Your discretion is advised. Dope. So we're going to hit you with the, uh, if you're listening on Apple, YouTube, Spotify, or wherever you just listen to your podcast, like, share, subscribe, rate, uh, just so we can uh, expand more, get into more nerd, nerd culture as it is. And really just getting a lot of people's ear open up Blurred City. So getting into this, we're going to get into a relatively short one, but we're still going to see what's hot. Starting with uh, with you, Double D. What's hot? Um, it's I I have been watching Blue Lock recently, Ooh. um, Ooh. and I I. I never like sports enemies. I don't. But since the first episode, I was like, oh, yeah, this one might this one might actually have me. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not caught up yet. Okay, I'm, okay. I'm going to finish getting caught up tonight. Um, what episode am I on? I think I'm two episodes behind or three now. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, uh, I'm like, for, for sports enemies, usually I'm like, I, I don't really care. It's just I can watch sports, like regular sports. But but for Blue Block, that one, I don't know. There's something different about that. Um, yeah, the animation, the characters, the, the fun that it, it looks, it makes me want to play soccer, even though I've never played soccer a day in my life. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's what's hot with me. Fair. So, yeah, I was watching it yesterday and I was like, when they get to season two, the animation, how it's going to uptick, because if you, if anybody that's watched Demon Slayer, if you go back and watch season one, the animation before episode 19 is pretty iffy like up and down and then in season two in the movie it gets like amazing the entire time so blue lock definitely with just the hype it's been getting is going to have like better animation that budget boost is, is necessary yeah, <laughs> yeah. that budget increase gonna be vicious my guy <laughs> all right meach all right so as you know i gotta come with that list uh as you mentioned blue lock kind of going crazy right now uh bleach going crazy chainsaw man going crazy spy family having me in tears from her from uh, laughing so much, Mob Psycho going crazy, My Hero oh, going, nah. 
my hero going stupid yeah. right now. Yeah. <laughs> one Piece going crazy. And then also I got to be super excited for this one because after 25 years, Ash Ketchum is now the Pokemon master. He was the very best. Yes, sir. Yes, he finally got the dub that we that we've all been waiting twenty five years for. So I'm yes. I'm super hyped for, and let's let's give him a, a round of applause for that one. Our boy Satoshi. Yep, yep, Satoshi and Pikachu, and uh, of course from there we we also got to talk about uh, the comic book industry. You know, it's the Image Comics' thirtieth anniversary, so as such, you got Vanish number three about to drop. Well, it's already dropped for those of us on the KLC Press. Uh, go subscribe on their Substack, and and then we also got like uh, some variant covers that are going to feature Spawn on there on, on every single comic that's coming out in the next few months. So hey, go pick those up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and then the game industry, of course, we got God of War. We who with Ragnarok, which is kind of oh, going man. stupid. It's going stupid right now. Oh, <laughs> got got Gotham Knights, which is going dummy. Yeah, just beat it. That game. That game. That yeah, yeah. It's going dummy. Yeah, and <laughs> and then there's a a new game that got released for us Lovecraftian fans. We got the Chant that dropped, mm. and woo. That's that's all I gotta say, because <laughs> that story is about to about to get me get me going to go join a cult. Hey, oh, yeah. oh wait, hold up! I wasn't supposed to say that part out loud. Uh, but but yeah, so that's pretty much all I had. Uh, apart from right. yeah, all right. And for me, Avatar two dropped. Uh, the new the the way of water dropped his second tra- trailer. We will touch on that later, uh, just in the in the season as we get closer to it. John Wick Four dropped its trailer, like a full length yes. trailer for it. I, I I almost fainted. It was <laughs> the the actors that are going to be in this movie are ridiculous. And uh, so and then one other thing, it's it's not really what's hot, but just we really need to touch on it. Uh, Batman, Kevin Conroy from Batman, the animated series, passed away uh, last week from when you're hearing this. So he he had a, definitely a big impact on a lot of our childhoods, just with Batman, the animated series, the Arkham games, different versions of Batman throughout uh, just life. So definitely sad that, that he's passing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know what to say. Like, he, he definitely was a big major part of my childhood. Like, he is... He he is the voice of Batman. Like every time I would read a Batman comic and he's in it, that that's the voice who I would always uh who I would always think of when uh when doing it. So when reading. So yeah, definitely is a law a major loss on the industry and I definitely miss him already. But a hey, rest in rest in power king and he's going to uh definitely be you know, definitely going to be sending them criminals and sending everybody in the afterlife straight to to, to Arkham. Yeah, so this might end up being a, a another mega episode that might get split in two. We'll we'll see as it goes. We're just kind of feeling it out. But as we get into it, we're, let's do some pre spoiler chat. So, is there anything that people need to know character wise, just like from the movie that you would think of? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh pretty much main thing is like you you pretty much just have to like know the 
you know, like know know like the Black Panther characters, you know, know who Queen Ramonda is, you know, you know who Shuri is, you know who uh like you know who Okoye and the daughter Milaje are. Mm-hmm. You know Mbaku and the tribes of of Wakanda. Like you're the main people you need to know and here are the main people who are like who you really need to like focus on because that's definitely who the movie will focus on alongside the new characters who definitely dropped yeah do should we touch on it now or just when we get to the recap of it no let's let's do that when we get to the recap but now let's go ahead and let's go ahead and talk a bit about our special guest for today you know the dreaded double d you know who who are you like 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 let's tell tell us a bit about yourself like what what got you into the nerd culture who are you Right. Um, my name is Donovan, uh, Donovan Smith. Uh, I guess I was born into it. Um, and it sort of, I guess, naturally came down to me. Um, my brother, or my whole family, my dad, uh, was into, you know, Spider-Man. And, and when that, the Tobey Maguire movies came out, you know, they had us watch it as a child. And from there, you know, we wanted to draw Spider-Man and I learned how to draw at a young age and sort of kept with it from there. You know, there went to to cartoons and then some comics uh, as a child. Um, uh, what was the some cartoons that I can think of? I guess my favorite, the one that I'm kind of rewatching right now, is Adventure Time. Mm. I keep I keep watching like a bunch of episodes and then skipping to the very last episode because I love the episode so much, and then going back and watching more episodes and doing that over and over again. But uh, that's one of my favorites. Gravity Falls is one of my favorites. Um, like I said before, I'm enjoying Blue Lock a lot right now. I'm enjoying Mob Cycle a lot right now. I'm caught up with Mob Cycle. And, oh, and yes. man, man. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Man. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to say anything about it, but golly. I'd uh, be emotional for real. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was it was, it was was one of those weeks for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, so grew up. A Marvel fan, I guess I, guess I should say. And that's sort of uh, DC um, comics and cartoons more than their movies. But, you know, their, their movies are, are figuring it out. Um, but, yeah. Cool, cool. And just how come you uh, never left the nerddom? Why would you say? Oh, um, funny story. I did. I guess I, I can say I did. Uh, like in high school, it was sort of like, a, you know, Black people don't watch cartoons black people mm-hmm. are supposed to be serious black people are supposed to be basketball and i'm i was what like six foot in in high school so i was like supposed to play basketball and so um sort of my life was like oh well i'm not supposed to do these things because people tell me but then in like sophomore or junior year i'm like well i don't care about any of these other things i, I want to do what i want to watch or i want to watch what i want to watch i want to enjoy what i want to enjoy um, and so I came back to it uh, in in sort of my middle, the middle of my high school years um, and was able to sort of catch up now. I'm still doing my catching up. Uh, but yeah. Oh, yeah, it definitely sounds like he got swept up in the tears of scoring beach that we talked about. Yeah, yeah. As I said, it, it hits everybody, especially the black community. Mm-hmm. And you also draw comics, right? I am currently working on releasing the comic, yeah. Um, I'm currently, well, I guess I should say I'm currently working on starting a company of releasing comics. Um, 
uh, for one, uh, I guess one shot would be the, the right term for it. Um, or I guess novelist is not too small, but it's not too large either. Mm-hmm. That should be releasing in February. Um, and my, my long-term goal is like to have series that release over the summer um, and have one shots in, in the springtime and in, in the fall. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm working on working on a lot of things, a lot of projects. And that's kind of my problem is I can't finish <laughs> or I keep starting too many projects. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I got three creators on this. So I think we chopped it up. Every got everything we need to know. So now the listeners are caught up to our dreaded double D. And going from here, we are now going to get into the Wakanda Forever recap. If you have not watched it, skip ahead. If not, proceed. So let's begin. All right. So Mitch, you want to just kick us off with just like the initial feeling walking into this movie? Like this broke our rule. Like this is the first time we ever watched a movie or TV show together. So like it was just too big not to. All right. So. I got to let you all know straight up. I knew it was going to be an emotional movie. I knew it was. And I was 100% prepared. But uh, life decided to say, oh, yeah, no, nah, you, you you didn't have enough grieving for that day. So uh, so essentially, like with a, a loss of a family member, kind of like earlier in the day, kind kind of set me off in a like in a bad way uh, like it it pretty much kind of unintentionally prepared me for the grieving process to which going into the movie it, I was like oh boy I'm I'm not ready for this anymore so 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 yeah I I I was prepping myself mentally I was prepping myself emotionally for this movie and that's all I gotta say is like man I, I was not prepared for this movie <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Donovan, how how do you feel walking into the movie? Um, I was uh, uh, excited for it. Um, I I only watched the first trailer. Um, and you know that first trailer was was extremely powerful. Uh, but I was trying to do my best to ignore or dodge any spoilers or or theories that I can make up on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been doing it recently, but uh, specifically for this movie, I didn't want anything to be like uh uh taken taken away from the actual movie because i saw it in the trailer or because i saw it in a breakdown i heard a theory about it um mm-hmm. and so i was just ready to to start as soon as possible and then it started and i was like wait 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 <laughs> i wasn't <laughs> sort of like like me it's been bad news before it's like dang i i don't really know if if i was prepared for this um but yeah yeah so just even for me i knew i was going to be i was just debating trying to figure out how i should feel about going into it because one thing just like even kickstarting into our recap is that they didn't run from it they didn't hide from it they didn't sweep it under the rug like when chadwick passed away they immediately said we're not going to recast the role of chachala like so that was something that we knew wasn't going to happen. So they weren't just going to ignore it. And at the very beginning, it's just like, hey, let's, it wasn't like, let's get it out of the way. It was like, let's address this head on. So we open up the movie with just the king dying. It's off screen because like by the time he got the script, he was already too sick to even like uh, 
record, not record, uh, but shoot in the movie. So that he ends up dying off screen. We had that opening shot of Shuri and Queen Ramonda. Ramonda with that, just like bringing her the bad news and we automatically start on the funeral scene. And then with that, it had one of the most powerful openings to a Marvel movie that I've like ever seen. Like usually we have the Marvel opening like title screen with just like all, yes, everything that happens over the years. It was absolutely silent. And all it was was Chadwick Boseman. And when I kid you not, the theater was completely silent, just like in sadness, like that, that was powerful. So that's, that's kind of how it kicks off. Yeah. Yeah, like it was definitely the sadder one of the sadder moments of the movie, and it just keeps going from there. So essentially, like after that, we pick up with Queen Ramonda as the who reinstated as the Queen of Wakanda, and she, you know, like and she goes into the United Nations where some major op activity decided to take place, where the United States of racism. Oh, I'm sorry, I mean of America as well as well as surprisingly france of all people surprisingly look you think i never in my life thought france would be on some up activity i mean come on look 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 you you know how how everybody keeps dogging on france especially like with every single war they dog on france so you Mm -hmm. think like they would have been the the people who would have kept their mouths shut but uh but apparently not apparently not so so yeah they they're out here trying to uh press the queen of of wakanda about like hey giving vibranium over to the rest of the world now you ain't doing none of that and then from there uh it's intercut with with this military unit going yes. into what into a wakandan facility or vibranium facility trying to run their pockets mm-hmm. only to have the uno reverse car being played on them as the dota milaje decide to put in that work yes yeah sending them str- and sending them uh mercenaries straight to the gulag and <laughs> and bringing them straight to to the UN where R- Queen Ramonda decided to cash in her receipts straight to France cuz mm-hmm. that's who the mercenaries were from at first i thought they were going to bring in their heads and then i was like oh it's a marvel movie but i <laughs> thought they would like uh bring them like in their uh, underwear or something like that even more embarrassing uh but one thing we will touch on is that this did not feel like a marvel movie at all uh as it goes so progressing from there you see that like when she takes off her hat she has completely just like silver gray hair and like the aging of it so it hour a year after Tashala has passed away and it's just kind of like a tough time so then we have another scene of you know, these covert ops didn't learn their lessons. So they use this machine that can find vibranium in the world and they're in the ocean. And absolutely, well, we see this cool scene of just like almost the siren song of these strange creatures, humanoids, like coming out of the water and it's causing like all the agents to just like hop up off the boat and they start taking them out. And then you see just one dude flying and then we get into Namor. Uh, scene where he takes out the rest of them so it, that was pretty cool as an introduction yeah Ooh. this is one of the best villains in marvel 
Yeah, that the introduction of of them as a military unit, it's it's so good at one creating fear and foreshadowing what comes later in the movie, which I'm not gonna say right now, but right. it's like it's it's one of those things where it's like like in, in other Marvel movies where it's like you see the villain, but you know the hero has a possibility of defeating them. But then yeah. you see these people and it's like, wait a minute. This this might be a little bit more challenging than than you know than a regular old single villain. Um, that, yeah, yeah, that's definitely a great point because as we progress, we'll see how just like powerful of a villain adversary they are. So. Just in terms of the recap, this is the two hour and 40 minute movie. We cannot recap the whole thing. So we're going to skip to just kind of the main points. So going from there, we see that Shuri is still dealing with the grief, but her mom, Queen Ramonda, invites this ritual that will kind of help her with the grieving process because she's been buried in her lab. She hasn't been sitting with it, just her trying to bury it underneath work, work and just different solutions uh, with her brilliance. And we see more pop out out of nowhere like he sneaks into a condo which is like one of those things that were established in the first movie where it's like you can't sneak into a condo and then even in infinity war all of thanos's army literally had to like thousands upon thousands crash into the shield in order to break into wakanda like it's not as simple as you just walk about the water into wakanda so essentially he's like hey i would love to team up with you but because you want your son exposed us to when he exposed Wakanda exposed us to the world as well. So they created this machine, bring me the science, be smoke, but we don't know. So as uh, then Okoye recruits Shuri to go to America to find the scientists. And with it, we see our favorite colonizer in the world. <laughs> Everett Ross. Yes. <laughs> and he's, and he's, we find out he's also, he used to be married to, if you know about the Thunderbolts to uh, General Fontaine or Captain Fontaine. So, yeah. Yep. Yep. And then from there, of course, uh, they get information about who the scientist is. And we cut to M- to uh, Shirdi and Okoye at MIT where some witty banter ensues. And they get to run up into our girl to to a true real one, to a queen, Miss Riri Williams. Yes. Yeah, I mean, straight out of Chicago. Yep, yep. <laughs> she 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 came straight out the hood, but she had that intelligence to uh say, you know what, run run that. Uh, so you know what's really dope is that the fact that this was the first time like we watched a movie together. But when they said the scientist was a kid before they said Riri Williams, we both had the same reaction because we knew who it was, which was so cool. Yep, yep. I was like, oh, it's time. <laughs> I was like, yeah. let's let's get our girl in this movie, and. And yeah, so like they go in, surely it ends up having to talk with her about like, hey, uh, we need you to like take us to like your facility, you know, get your stuff together because we got to dip to Wakanda fast because somebody is on some op activity and we don't want you to get uh, to get murked and put on a T-shirt out here in these streets. So so, of course, they go to the warehouse where. Where unfortunately, immediately the FBI shows up trying to detain all of them. To which I'm like, so who who uh who out here snitching? Like, yeah, I was like who are you snitching on the bag? And so unfortunately, uh, so of course it leads to a giant chase scene where in which Shuri's on a on a bike, uh, Okoye got the car, 
with her spear being mm. majestic and then we see what Riri Williams was uh was piloting and it was a proto Iron Man suit mm-hmm. one that she built in her little garage over the course of a couple years I'm like um, oh so it's happening happening I, yes it's time all right <laughs> yeah and just as you mentioned so Chase and Sue's obviously they get past the ops but then the real ops show up and a whale appears in the Boston Harbor of all places. And Donovan, if you want to take this kind of like how you mentioned, like usually like the the sub bosses compared to the bosses are like throwaway. You can like easily mm-hmm. beat them. But these ones were different. Yeah. Um, yeah, they literally proved their point um, of like what you feel during the first thing when they pop up is like they're they're so close to the Wakandans that they might be better than and and Okoye and one of the generals, I forget his name. Oh, uh, Atuma. He well choreographed. Um, loved watching it. A, a lot of the fights in the movie are really well choreographed, but that one was a real big standout. Um, and Okoye actually loses. Um, and she gets tossed into the water. I believe she's like sort of knocked out, and maybe the water wakes up, wakes her up, or she's like gasped yeah. or something. Um, and that leads to them, or Shuri wakes up and it's, she is trying to save both her life and Riri's life. Um, and so she acts to take them both to Namor instead of killing Riri right on the spot. Cause they obviously want to kill Riri. Um, yeah. so yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so then we get to, uh, we get back to Okoye and she's like, yo, we got to send everybody that we have. And what it turned out to be was that it's kind of like that situation where you get in trouble at school and the school calls your parents and you don't know that yet. <laughs> so then you're trying to like explain things and they, they already have your punishment ready. So she's like uh, explaining, hey, we have to go save uh, Shuri. And everyone's looking at her, her like, oh, you don't know yet. And then she gets on Angela Bassett absolutely killed this role in her movie. Like in the first one, she was good. In this one, she showed out uh, just because I think the writing allowed her to more. Uh, so she just gets into like, hey, I have lost my entire family and I'm the queen of the most powerful nation in the world. But my husband died, my son died, and my, now my daughter's taken. Like, and I can't do anything about it. So and then you're the one that recruited her. So you don't get to be like general of the Dora Milaje anymore. So that was definitely rough. And then so going from there, she goes on her own recruiting mission, which we will touch on later. But then we get into Shuri and just Riri and how Namor really takes his role and kind of explains his. Yeah. So essentially, Namor, you know, we get into his origins, how he's a, a mutant. <laughs> of his a mutant yes yes yeah, that word was word. yes the word was dropped so uh 100% confirmed and uh-huh. he and basically he explains like hey so like essentially in my backstory you know like my people like they were they were given this uh herb and essentially like it it made us aquatic i was the first natural birth so i got like birthright as king and and then, like, my mother died of heartbreak because she missed the land. So we went to bury her on the land only to get attacked by the Spanish Inquisition. 
And and at that moment, I had to run everybody's pockets because because hey, you you out here enslaving people, and I'm not with it. And to which I'm just like, yeah, bro, I get had that. a plantation in an MCU movie straight off. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, uh, with Namor and his powers, which includes a flight and Omega level strength, he decides to, you know, decimate the entire plantation. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. he, he he did right by the people. Uh, and and that's where he got his name from. Uh, from one of the the white devils. <laughs> that's their call. <laughs> <laughs> one of the white devils, and who uh, end up saying like. Nah, you you are a uh, Namor. You know, you're the child without love. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I am. And from there, of course, uh, he takes Shirley to to all the way downward, down through the ocean to the city of Talakan, which really should have been Atlantis. But uh, I I get the reason why they decided not to call it Atlantis due to Aquaman apparently doing it doing it first. But uh. <laughs> Even though Namor came out first, but I I just need to hear no there. Uh, but yeah, so like she basically sees the people of uh of Talokan and see like the similarities between them and Wakanda and just how beautiful things are. And he just proposes in alliance, like, hey, I'm gonna go out here. I'm gonna run roughshod on the entire world, the entire surface world, Wakanda. I'm gonna need y'all's help. Like I need y'all to like work with us on this endeavor, but if you don't, y'all gonna be first on our list. Yeah, I like how they modified it because when they got Riri, and then the Tolokans, which are the name of the people, took them. I was, I was literally like, "Hey, she didn't mean to do it on purpose. She wouldn't create another one on purpose to look for vibranium. And then she's a kid. And that's like, so I feel like no more, you would understand that. And then eventually he got to the point when explaining this is that the fact that she did it means that other people are going to try to do it now or emulate it. So it's much bigger than her. And I really like that explanation because like, this is like, kill the scientist, kill the scientist. I was like, she is literally did not mean to do this at all. So that was definitely a good explanation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and then from there, uh essentially like Shirty. Oh, oh wait, we cut back to Queen Ramonda, who who ends up recruiting uh to to a certain baby girl, uh Nakia. <laughs> she was cause she was out here uh running a a uh, a whole like bakery in Haiti. Hey, no! A bakery? <laughs> Is that what the orphanage is? It, it was an or- orphanage slash bakery. I don't care what it was. <laughs> all I cared was that Nakia was back. I right? mm-hmm. I do not care. And, but like, and you may be wondering, like, hey, why wasn't she in Wakanda? Is because of the fact like she couldn't handle T'Challa dying, and mm-hmm. that that again ties all the way back into the concept of grief. Uh, because like you know, some when you're grieving, sometimes first thing you do is just run away from the situation, and that's completely human. That's completely normal. Um, but we're gonna get into more about that later. But mm-hmm. yeah, so so Queen Ramonda managed to convince her like, hey, uh, 
you you know that's not the end for Wakandans and and we, I really need your help to infiltrate where they found where Shitty's been taken and please get her out safely. Mm-hmm. Speeding along, essentially, uh, Shuri. We have to talk about Shuri is really like the central focus of the movie. One thing that at first in the movie was kind of hard. It was like, okay, who's the main character? It's kind of Shuri, but you can tell it's missing a central character. And then when it focuses in on her, she is very angry um, in her grief, uh, which she touches on later getting in deeper. So like, that's why Namor like is recruiting her, appealing to her one-on-one. Eventually Nakia is able to infiltrate, save both of them, but she ends up killing a Tolokan in the process. And Namor is like, oh bet, y'all want the smoke then. Uh, after a really cool scene where Queen Ramonda uh, uses a shell that he gave him to summon her. And she was like, if you don't give me my daughter and the scientists, we're going to expose you. And he said, if you do that, I'm going to take Wakanda off the face of the earth. Don't play with me. So um, after that, they get back and they think everything's cool. And whoa, this is where the next like silence in the theater occurred. So Namor attacked Wakanda, like straight up, infiltrated again. And this is with them completely alert. Like they were looking for him. They had people ready. And he just like bust in with all his like tokens and absolutely bodied people. Uh, They did the siren song again, but the most devastating part of it was it comes in the trailer. And, but you know, you think it's something that's so scary, but he would legit killed uh queen ramonda so he he uses his spear to try to get into essentially the the throne room but it doesn't work because just like very thick glass so he throws like 20 water bombs at the window and riri is with queen ramonda at the time and she is like she gets sucked up in there so queen ramonda swims down to save her but when they get to the surface, it turns out like they're both unconscious and the queen actually died. And it was a complete silent. Like literally it was not expecting that. Like you do not see this in a lot of Marvel movies. Like a lot of people, like the loved one gets taken, like in no way home that happens, but this is a character that's been there for three episodes, three movies essentially. So it's kind of like, oh, as the character progresses to the next level, this was a shocking. If y'all even want to touch on how y'all felt when this happened yeah um yeah it was definitely one of those moments where like like you know you're watching the marvel movie so um you know they they get them up and they're doing uh the cpr uh with the the camellia beads and and ruby you know coughs up and wakes up and like okay now she's gonna do it too and then it just cuts to another funeral and i'm like oh my god there's they actually killed her um and it was that was like the moment where i was like okay Namor can die. I'm fine with that. Namor, he, he, somebody kill him, please. Um, because that is like not only uh, well, I guess this I'll talk about this again during the deep dive. But not only did Shuri not even completely mourn her brother's loss, but now she has to mourn um the queen, and and the queen is different because uh, unlike her brother, which they say he died from sickness uh, in the movie, um. Uh, this was a murder. So like she has someone to to shoot her anger at, like you guys are saying. She was angry for for 90% of this movie, but now she has like a target to look upon. And that sort of drives the the her motives for uh a lot 
through the, the rest of this movie. Um, but yeah. 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 This was like a really shocking moment. And, but actually it turns out like when I was doing research for this movie, it turns out like this might've originally happened uh, that like before T'Challa's pat before Chadwick Boseman's passing, it was actually going to cover the topic of grief anyways. Uh, so, and it, and they just had to change it to fit uh shitty rather than uh t'challa so part of me was thinking like oh man was she gonna die regardless and and like because of no way home and like what happened to aunt may like i i was like so essentially no one is safe anymore uh i was like if if you are in a marvel movie now just have the expectation that like somebody's gonna die this is just how you know like marvel is like maturing and able to like touch upon these super darker topics and and willing to let like these beloved characters and and i do consider queen ramonda to be beloved especially towards like the point where she did die like she was super beloved at that point especially by me and she was just taken from us and that kind of made me feel like feel some type of way it it made me feel some type of way and i think that was cooler's point it's like hey like he was going to like he made us feel almost the exact same thing sure he is at this moment so so yeah i think like her death was shocking but it made its point like even thinking about how you mentioned aunt may like even a yondu in uh guardians of the galaxy volume two but that was the end of the movie and kind of like it made sense in the story whereas this one was like it felt like real life where it's like you just lose someone and it's like it sucks like deal with it and like not epic heroic it was just like golly like this sucks especially just like already we're dealing with like real life chadwick and then just even him in the movie so just progressing story because we're going to get into grief later but all it is is essentially prepping for war. Also in the background, Agent Ross is kind of doing his thing, navigating. So we do see a scene, which one of the themes I do like is that they did not shy away from colonialism and just like even the mindset of colonialism. Because we see a scene where it's like CIA is like, hey, uh, is Wakanda attacking us? Okay, let's destabilize them. And that was like, boom, like even us just all being black is just like oh we we know what they mean by let's destabilize them and just like the foolishness that uh follows with that so we see him like he's really trying to work against the ops in that situation but then also in wakanda so shuri and riri are like hey uh we have to prep because namor gave us an ultimatum so in seven days if they don't join with the talokans and uh, like fighting against the world he's going to wipe the rest of Wakanda off the face of the earth. And there has been no sign whatsoever in this movie that they can touch any of the people, especially him, but they learned that he has a weakness. So all the rest of his people have water mask, essentially that help them breathe uh, when they're above land on land, but he uses uh, his skin. So that's how he takes in water. He's able to be powered on land essentially. So he uses that water to hydrate him. And so then we get our taste of Ironheart, which I'm looking so forward to when they get to that uh, later. Uh, Ironheart, Shuri also recreates the herb. Uh, so she gets 
the powers of the Black Panther, and we see a scene that that was incredible. Oh, let's get into it. So, of course, she's in the ancestral plane, you know, because of because of how it is. And like the way it's framed, right? You just see like she's like in the throne room and it's from behind and you just see a little thing just popping up inside it. At first, I thought like it was going to be her her mother, but like it was taking too long to like turn around. So I'm like, oh, no, it ain't anybody else. I was like, is it going to be Bast? Is it going to be the Panther God? No, it might be her dad, too. Yeah, but yeah, no. it could have been him, too. Like, but no, it was the goat. It was a real one. Killmonger, baby. Yes, that's wow. right. Her the hated cousin decided to make his return. Mr. Michael B. Jordan himself returned as Killmonger in the ancestral plane. And Shuri is all types of tight about it. Like she is like so angry and so confused as to why he's there. And because he is because Killmonger, he is him, he decided to exude that him energy. And it's like, hey, yeah, you called me here. And and like she kept trying to like berate him, you know, about like how he was a terrible king. He and it's because of him that T'Challa died because he was the one that burned all of the Harche herbs. And but then he just goes and retaliates. He's like, yeah, but I'm the king that forced change. I'm the one that was willing to do whatever it takes. Yo, like yo daddy. He had to kill his, he killed his own brother and left me. Yo br- and so he was a coward. Yo brother? He's he was too noble to be a king. He he let people who should have been uh like he let his father's killer go. Like nah. And but me I will do whatever it takes. And and I can tell like you will too. Like I can see you and me, you know, it's like the, we are all alike trope. Uh-huh. Like, so, and yeah. And then, sh- and then Shirley wakes up and from there, like, again, she's all types of tight. She's all types of angry. And, but she, and she realizes that the heart shape of works because in her anger, she strikes one of the, she strikes the pillar. And then that, pillar, <laughs> yeah. that suit just ends up getting smashed right into a wall. And she's like, Oh, all right. <laughs> I'm gonna go be Black Panther now. And she creates her suit, which funnily enough was modeled after Killmonger's suit. It definitely looked like it. Definitely looked like it. Which I'm just like, wait, hold on. What what are we doing right now? <laughs> that was the best looking suit so far. It, it it's definitely up there between the the first uh Black Panther suit, in my opinion. But but yeah, That's so fair. yeah, but but like move moving on, right? She She's basically like say like, hey, I'm the Black Panther again, and we are going to war with uh Wakanda. I mean with uh Talakan and Nimbor. Uh-huh. And like she and like she ends up having a conversation with Mbaku, and this was where I was like, oh no. Things were getting terrifying because like she's like, look, I'm out here going to i I'm gonna murder Namor. And we are going to murder all of the Talakan. And Mbaka's is like, listen, if you go down this route, it's just going to be nothing but war. And it's going to be nothing but death and destruction. He's like, I don't care. I want to run somebody's pockets. 
I it was want, definitely smoke season. <laughs> I want to put Namor on a t-shirt and you are going to help me do it. Do I make myself clear? Mm-hmm. He's like, yes, my queen. Yeah, she wanted to put him on a t-shirt and a beach towel. All right, so Donovan, you kind of want to, would you want to walk us through uh, just the fight scene? Um, yeah, I can, I can keep it going. Um, yeah, after she, she's lets everybody know that they're, they're going to go kill, uh, Namor, they, um, her and, and, and Riri, uh, they find out that, that, what did they say? It was something like a jellyfish that he soaks up water in his skin yeah. and uses that, um, as, as his strength because in the fight in Wakanda, he had to retreat to the water to come back and continue fighting. Um, and, so they figured that out. So they have a plan to separate Namor from his army. Um, and they bait him out using the same uh, um, vibranium finder that uh, brought them out in the first scene. Um, and so they go, the the telecon people, they go, they find it, um, find out it's a trap. Uh, they have this this arc, this type boat. Oh, the Wakanda's have this, this arc. Um, with with the very large platform on the top, so they can still fight on land um, and bait the the telecons out of the water. Um, and uh, another thing they they use are the sonic devices um, that I can only assume is because they know from the first movie that sonic devices um, sort of deactivate or temporarily deactivate vibranium. Mm, that's a good um, point. And uh, they do get Namor to be separated from uh, his army. I forget. I believe they used the sort of tractor beam, which I forgot that was yeah. on the. the it was like he yeah. popped. They first had uh, Ironheart, where she actually has her suit in this yeah. one, and it looked like a Japanese robot. But yeah. it, it was pretty dope. So she chases him. She hits him with sunbeams, essentially, and then he gets caught and the the plane their plane like ca- catches him and then shuri hops in so that kind of just like yeah. is how they capture him yeah yeah that's how they do it and and in that ship they have it set up with uh with these heating devices that are that is you know drying out his skin um and he starts to attack the ship and because his spear is tipped with pure vibranium it would cause the ship to explode. So Sherry takes him to the desert. Um, and one of you guys can continue from there. Yeah, yeah. It was definitely one of the things that I thought about, like, over the course of the plan, I was like, this is why you're not a battle tactician, Sherry. So we are um, fighting a bunch of Tolokans who specialize in water in the wide open ocean. <laughs> it wasn't like the ocean and then a beach right next we can go to. It was like, we're just gonna fight them on a boat in the ocean. <laughs> so, we gonna fight them on their turf. I'm like, oh no. Nah. And so, like one of the uh, the main Tolokan side generals, uh, she stabs the oh, Sonic. Nomura. Nomura, yes. So she stabs the Sonic thing, so cuts that off, and then throws like a thousand water bombs at the ship and knocks it over. So over the course of that, we see uh, Okoye and another uh, prominent Dora Milaje. They had these suits that Shuri built, which looked like Predator suits, if we're being it real. Did. It did. <laughs> so, so they're like, not superpower, but like, they essentially, it's kind of like 
Iron Man armor without the beams and stuff, but it kind of helps them even the battlefield, but they are completely outnumbered. A lot of the Wakandans get wiped out in the scene. And then over on the island, this is where it did not feel like a Marvel movie at all. They were throwing hands. Like, Namor was like, yo, these hands are rated E for everyone. <laughs> Equal opportunity. Uh, but what bends out here? <laughs> Bro. And just like, like, so they were like trading bars and he stabbed her with the spear straight through. Like, th- like it wasn't like a slash and it's like, oh, the slash is much deeper than we thought. It was like stabbed through the chest. Well, not even the chest, this is the stomach. The stomach. Into a rock. And then he's like, okay, I got to walk off. I got to get water. So she breaks it, uh, just like the tip of the spear, pulls it out, which was like, oh. So hops over him somehow and then explodes the ship. And I thought she killed him right there. And I, and like in my head, I was like, is this a Marvel movie? What's happening here? Uh, if you just want to take it, Mage. Oh, yeah. I was like, is this Marvel or is this a DC movie? Because like, it's kind of wild. But, uh, but yeah, like, like surely pretty much put this man down. Uh, she didn't put him on a t-shirt. And she's like, "Hey, yield, or I kill you." And mm-hmm. eventually he yields, and then like he comes back. They both come back just in time for for all the Talokans who are surrounding the Wakandans. Like, hey, just hey, let's cease cease fire. We got a temporary truce, and like let's just leave and yeah. leave that they did. Uh, yeah, because she was really gonna kill him at first, but then she uh, just like had those memories flashing in her head of like what she. It was really weird this scene. I don't know if she actually said that to Killmonger or not, or like the part where she's like, "Yo, I'm not my brother. I'm a burn. I'm gonna kill everybody." And then also there was like a scene where it was yeah okay so because like in the original scene she didn't say that or it just cut yeah it cut like mid uh like right before she said that okay and then there was also where we saw Queen Ramunda or Mufasa saying remember who you are <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's when she she made the proposal of like hey we can be allies. We will protect you. We won't say anything about you because the world doesn't know who the Tolokans are at all during this whole interaction. So um, that just kind of, and then it goes to where Meech is like. So we essentially just wrap up. Everyone kind of goes where they need to go. Um, we see a scene where Namora goes to N- Namor and says like, hey, that was really weak what you did. I didn't think we'd be like allies with the Wakandans. And he's like, no, they don't have any other allies. So this is only going to make us stronger, which so, is going to be really interesting. Yeah, essentially, he got what he wanted in the end. This is the sec one of the few other few other times where a villain actually wins in the end. He may have lost the battle, but he won the war. Bro, like they couldn't beat them. Like the Wakandans could not beat the Tilokans in a straight up fight. Maybe if they fought them straight up on land, away mm-hmm. from water, but they would never do that. So like they were getting their butts cooked cool. the entire movie. Cooked. <laughs> yes. So uh just to wrap it up, Riri uh can't take her uh, suit with her, which was sad, but when we get to just like another discussion, well, we know that that's not the end of her. Also, uh Shuri saves the car that was destroyed. It ended up being her dad's car, which is a really touching moment. Agent Ross is saved by Okoye or the bald headed demon, which, <laughs> which, which had the theater rolling. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see if what role he plays in Thunderbolts, if he does have it. 
because I feel like that's not the end of his, um, especially since they gave uh, Fontaine a big, big role in this movie. Definitely want to see how that plays out. And then, uh, any, oh, so then Shuri goes to Haiti and we see a really touching, touching scene. Yeah, but yeah, but before that, uh, M'Baku actually does end up becoming king of Wakanda. Okay, so uh, I wasn't sure because I was going to leave right. that for like what we want to see next. So I wasn't sure if that was a joke or not. So he really became king. No, of he really, be- yeah, he really became king because like nobody was there to challenge him. So, okay, okay. so he did become king. But onto this heartbreaking and touching moment is that uh, he go- like should he goes to Haiti with Nakia, and she finally burns the burns the funeral. Ro- the funeral uh, robes, which mm-hmm. is the ritual that uh, Queen Ramonda was trying to teach her at the beginning of the movie. And then she starts like having flashbacks, which rolls to previous footage of Chadwick Boseman and like his, his interactions with Shitty. And she just breaks. Like she's finally grieving. She's finally embracing the emotions of her, emotions of her brother and her brother's passing and she's finally allowed to cry as the movie ends and then with, cuts to credits, which with our queen, uh, Rihanna making her comeback. Yep. Her first single in years <laughs> in years. And, and of course it was tear worthy and then cuts to the mid credit scene or at least the final post credit scene where it continues from there, like with Shirley crying and then Nakia brings out a, a boy, a, a certain boy. Arceus. Or Atreus. Atreus. Read it, boy. But uh but yeah, it turns out it's her son. And she call is like, hey, say hello to Aunt Shuri. And that lets you know right then and there it's T'Challa's. It's T'Challa's son. And and like basically like she said, like, hey, T'Challa said like she wanted him to be away to live a normal life, to not face the pressures of, you know, being the prince of Wakanda and having basically having the the throne. Like essentially he if he goes to Wakanda, the throne is his essentially. And and like as they're interacting interacting of course like shitty like she's in tears but like these are actually like tears of joy because like there's something of her brother still there still alive and then it turns out like in another just oh another Christian moment is that like like her the son's like Wakandan name is Prince T'Challa King uh, son of King T'Challa yeah yeah and that wraps up the movie so just even going to that we can discuss what went right other themes and topics we picked up on for me it really felt like ryan coogler and then also kevin feige said hey this movie is yours right now we know we have a lot of stuff this is the end of phase four we have phase five coming up six mutants all kinds of things coming up this is your movie to honor chadwick boseman and to tell the story you want to tell. And just like even with the end credit scenes, like coming into the movie, I was like, okay, are there going to be uh, end credit scenes? And it's like, there is only one mid credit scene. There are no extras. And just like how that was different. There wasn't a lot of, 
oh, this person made a cameo for the sake of setting up a future movie. Like potentially with like a few people, like uh, how we mentioned with Fontaine and then even Namor being saying mutant on screen. But at the same time, it wasn't about that. It was just like the different themes. Like colonialism to me is one thing that got in the forefront of like how people shouldn't have power. But one thing that Black Panther movies hit, they make the villains real people mm-hmm. and they give them real motivations and then they give them dubs if you think about it. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think for me, like one of the big things that went right with this movie, it's kind of like a mini come get your rose to Ryan Coogler and the entire staff because uh, the behind the scenes for this movie was just insane. Because uh, apparently like, well, Ryan Coogler obviously said like he didn't want to direct. He didn't want to act anymore after Chad was passing, but it was because of his memory. That's what caused him to like step back in and direct this movie. And there were times in the production of the movie where different crew members or even Coogler himself or just other actors would break down in tears and would just completely just lose it. And literally all production would halt and they'd all come together just to support one another and that's one of the biggest biggest like themes of this movie from the production all the way through to the movie itself is just coming together in times of grief in the entire grieving process and i think like it really like it really touched on that in like a really perfect and in a humane way and as you mentioned uh like it, it was just real and it was raw especially when it comes to like villains and villain motivations to where you could not fault them for what they did you cannot fault them and you cannot like say like hey it was like your motivations are wrong it's like really no the motivations are not wrong the methods maybe mm-hmm. and like maybe they're like in goal but like but like what they like are setting out to do and the reason why is kind of you know the it's kind of like yeah i get that like if I was in a similar position, I might think the same way. I might have that same motivation. I may not have gone the route that you did. Right. I would probably have found like something like another side step. But it, but at the end of the day, like yeah, it was just a, it was just a touching movie. It was this movie was just mm. yeah. What what you got, Donovan? Yeah, yeah. Um, for the question, what went right? I mean, it's kind of hard to answer. It'd be easier to say what went wrong, which was like one thing. Um, for me at least, but it's it's a lot of, of good work that went into it. The writing was was great. Um, I, I guess I was kind of worried about how are they going to make the culture clash believable between the Wakandans and the, the Telecons. And mm-hmm. and it super was like um well to 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 make it fast is like like Namor has been worshipped as a god since a child, so he doesn't know anything but to walk up and to demand what he wants. But Queen Rwanda is literally fighting off the rest of the world, trying to take vibranium for him. So she wouldn't do anything but to to be defensive against what he was asking. Um, and that sort of sparks the the rest of the movie to to be um to play out how it did, to for them to to escalate things to war, for them to be defending Riri from from uh Namor yeah. and also that Riri was a child. Um and even Shuri finally having someone to connect to as being another young black woman genius who yeah. uh like or technolo- technological genius um which they don't really show anybody like that in Wakanda. Um 
and the themes about grief um, was perfect. And we'll talk about that later. The themes about, or not even the themes, but the the story of of Sherry just trying to deal with um, loss in a spiritual sense, because when she's surrounded by a spirit, spiritual, but also being a scientist is extremely mm-hmm. difficult to, you know, believe in something that you can't see and being taught that you have to be able to prove something or, or living your life like you have to be able to prove something for it to be true. Um, and so everything just laid down perfectly for mm-hmm. this movie. Um, and I don't want to say perfect because it, I don't think it uses Chad, Chadwick's loss um, like, like fuel, but it does fuel a lot of this movie. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. we did lose him. Um, that cannot, you know, be stressed enough. Um, his, even, even though they do send him off in a perfect way, um, and he is throughout this movie, uh, remembered in a perfect way, his loss is still noticed. Um, yeah. And like Meeks, like you were saying, even if the movie was originally written for them to lose the queen, I feel like it still would have gotten the same uh, agenda. Uh, but with Chadwick being lost to us, it obviously adds more uh, to the themes um, of grief and loss. But yeah. Yeah, they definitely honored him. And again, because like in some movies, like they'll see like they bring the character back, quote unquote, where it's like they use like the animation technology um, mm-hmm. to bring him back. You know, like it's kind of just yeah. Um, it's not the worst thing in the world. It if I don't know if you're related to them, maybe it is, maybe it's not. Uh, that's not for me to necessarily say. Uh, but just kind of with that, I'm I'm so grateful that they made this movie to to honor him. And one thing I would love to touch on one day, Meech, uh, we don't have the time for it today, is like the debate between. I've just seen like a lot of directors be like, hey, Marvel movies and just like DC movies, like they don't have any emotional connection to it. Like I've seen that just like in recent hmm. weeks. I, I disagree with it, but we just don't have the time to talk yeah, about that yeah. fully today. Uh, so going from there, we're going to get into our awards. Mm-hmm. So... With our first award, we are going to the spotlight is yours. So this goes to a character that whenever they're on screen, they always steal the show. Uh, So it cannot go to the main character of the movie. So I was really debating between two characters, uh, but one character kind of dropped off in a sense. So I had to create another award for them. But this one is to Riri Williams because in the movie, there's a lot of grief going on. And when she comes on, it brings energy to the entire movie in like a lighthearted way. Again, kind of like you mentioned, Donovan, where it's like Shiri has someone that she can connect to. Uh, Riri, she's just ignorant to this. So she reacts in a way that a lot of us would have like, hey, these Wakandan people are just want me to go to Wakanda. I'm like in college right now. Like I got tests to go to. And when she said differential equations, I had like shivers because I, I remember I, I remember that from physics. Uh major I, I got scared but yo just even with the iron heart suit which was it was not the best iron man suit because i had I, I was caught up in the moment i was you know i was too hype i was like i had to think about it but it definitely looked good and when she actually gets to create her real suit i'm gonna be excited for it so riri come to the stage you are an iron heart and the spotlight is yours Uh, 
All right. So for my first award, it is that's when my jaw dropped. This is for a moment where in which you just like as soon as you as soon as it happens, your jaw hits the floor and it doesn't come up since. And I obviously have to give this to Killmonger's reintroduction because there was no way like I had avoided spoilers. So I just thought Killmonger was gone. I thought he was not coming back, especially with Creed 3 and like with all things like he was doing. I did not think Michael B. Jordan would come back to this movie. And then he did. And he stole the stole the stole the moment when he popped up. He exuded that black Air Force energy, even in death. So I don't know what else to tell you. You know what? Killmonger, come get your that's when my jaw dropped award. I saw like when it when uh, Chadwick we first lost him, there were rumors or just like speculations from fans about will they bring back Killmonger from the dead in order to make him the Black Panther and kind of redeem him um, from different aspects of that. But then we kind of like just from the production how one uh, cast member they really needed them a lot, so we kind of mm-hmm. knew who was going to be the Black Panther, but it wasn't confirmed. So it's like okay, that was going to happen. And speaking of which, just to stay on stage, Michael B. Jordan, because you were stealing money, and that's our stealing money award. It goes to a character who just pops up randomly for a short scene or whatever, and just steals money. So definitely come get your award. <laughs> Yeah. If I could steal Meech's, um, I I definitely think the Black Air Force Award can go to none other than the more. Uh there's there the the entire movie, he is just like, uh, I don't care if you don't agree with me, he died. You, you there's there's nothing else you can do about it. Um from his introduction, we don't even see him. Uh I I went into the movie forgetting that he can fly. Um and so uh we're in the spoiler section, sorry, it doesn't matter. But they are trying to leave in a helicopter and it stops and then it gets thrown into the water. And I'm like, I forgot he could fly. He just did that by hand. And then when he goes to attack Wakanda and he's flying and attacking the different ships uh, midair, he's, I didn't think he could fly that fast. Um, and so all throughout the movie, he like continuously proves that, yeah, I'm say I'm, if, if I say I'm gonna kill you, I'm gonna kill you. And he was proving it. Yep, yep. There's, there's, there's no other, other way to say it. Like the man exudes the, the black Air Force energy. His hands were ready to eat for everybody. Everybody could get it. And I gotta actually shout out this one specific moment where after he kills Queen Ramonda, he looks like, hey, grieve your losses, bear your dead. You're the queen now. That was savage. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that moment. I was like, oh no, nah, he, he gets that award immediately, just from that alone. And for the next award, we have the Yas Queen Award. And this can only go to Queen Ramonda, Angela Bassett, this beautiful, beautiful queen. She gave, she she felt, it felt like she was going for an Oscar in this movie. Like, this is a powerful performance where just from her introduction where she was on stage and she was like, hey, so we know what y'all saying about Wakanda, but if y'all think y'all just going to take advantage of us, that's not what's about to happen. 
So uh, just even that, the, the scene again where where she fires a Koya and she's like, yo, I lost everybody. Like, I'm not trying to hear about uh, what you are feeling. Like, stop crying, get up and get out. So just with that, saving Riri, the mother-daughter connection. In Marvel movies, we don't get a lot of parent-child connections. It's a lot of, mostly my dad sucked and he wasn't there for me or he was too hard on me. Now I like live my life trying to prove him wrong. But just like with the daughter-mother connection, even like in the first Black Panther, the uh, mother-son connection definitely felt that. So yes, Queen, you definitely get this award. And Angela, you might as well just go ahead, stay up on stage because the last award we're giving now is the Please Don't Go Award. <laughs> This goes to a, a person who who we who we extremely loved in the in a movie and unfortunately dies. And I I have to give this one to you because you you gave your heart and soul out to this movie and you you were you gave it all to save Riri Williams life. And I had a split second hope that you were going to pull through, too, and maybe just end up in a coma for a while and probably get out but no you you were gone too and you 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 left us and you left a giant hole in everybody's heart shooties and mine so angela bassett queen Ramonda, you get this award so now if awards handed out we're going to get into our tears meech can you read them off to us Ah uh, yes. So in our tiers, we of course have the F tier, which is entitled Kitty Litter. All right. And then for our D tier, we entitle it Kitten. For C tier, we have the Common House Cat. For the B tier, I give it the Wild Cat. For A tier, it goes none other than Mufasa. But then for the S tier, the Elite of the Elite is Bast. So. Who wants to give out the their rating first? Donovan, you can kick us off. Yeah, uh, no pressure, right? Um, I think honestly, it has to go to S tier. It has to go to boss. Um, I like there's there's two I guess superhero movies, not Marvel movies, that I say that I can never watch again because of how it made me feel, and that was Logan and this movie, and both of these or both of those like just just. When you end the movie, it's not it's not like you're sad, but you're not happy either. It's just it's a whole lot of emotions on um, it is and not for this movie, not just because of the loss of Chadwick, but just just how well it was written. The loss of, of Queen Ramonda, the the whole idea of getting over something, the whole idea of letting things go, of, of growing further and, and looking towards the future. Um, is all wrapped up and and told, although it isn't as normal as a Marvel movie, it still follows the Marvel movie on, um, I guess, checklist. Uh, you know, you have your big fight scenes, you have uh, your villains, you have your superhero uh, uh, origin stories or, or, or character development. Um, and it, it balances all so well that I, I have to go to S2. Yeah. And then for me, I have to also give it the S tier. Uh, there were just, again, so much, so many emotions that came out of this. This is one of the few movies that actually elicit a strong reaction from me. 
in this case, like sadness and like tears actually coming from my eyes in the movie theater. Uh, I'm surprised you didn't notice me like actually crying. Oh, uh, I saw you wiping your face. Uh, okay, so you so you knew you knew like I I was actually like getting emotional. But I heard tears further down, so I believe the Afro Puff Samurai was like loudly crying. Oh the- yeah, nah, she she. she Oh yeah, impressed her crying next to me. That probably just got me. Like mm-hmm. it, it was compounding. It was all coming together and to create just a, a massive wave of tears. But uh, but yeah, like such a powerful movie. Uh, like like Donovan said, like I probably won't be able to watch this movie again for a while. Uh, like the last time I even cried during a movie was No Way Home. Uh, but for for obvious reasons and and like yeah like this was just this was just an amazing movie like an, another one where uh, the villain makes a lot of sense another one where uh where just where the point was made the theme was evident throughout and you really feel the loss of Chadwick Boseman and T'Challa the Black Panther and it doesn't dishonor like him at all it really honored him and his legacy so I have to give it the S tier. Jeez. So going out of it, I was like, okay, A tier Mufasa, uh, that's not bad about it. Donovan, you made a great point about not being able to like just like really watch it again and then comparing it to Logan, because that's exactly how I felt coming out of Logan, especially after uh, X23. Uh, when she turned the cross into an X, <gasps> that, that was just like... <sighs> Uh, yeah, we gotta do a Logan review. <laughs> oh man, uh, I yeah, still have so, not rewatched it. Yeah, yeah, def- I haven't either. Like, I started it and I was just like, I just can't do it. It's too emotional for me. But yeah, I, I will stick with the A tier Mufasa. But this is high level A tier. Where is this like, bro? If you if you're able to rewatch it, you can. Like, if you're watching on someone for the first time, but it's definitely just like it. It makes you feel in a way that a lot of movies don't make you feel like even just like high level storytelling, non-action movies makes you feel. So I'm going to give it the Mufasa, but it's definitely up there. So going out of there, we just finished our recap and now we're going to enter our sponsor for the day. All right. For today's sponsor, we have ourselves the diving, uh, the diving uh, Academy of Talokan. With it, you're able to learn the art of diving in the waters, going so far below the surface that your bones can break and that the toxic water can end your whole life. However, thanks to be, to the Talakan and, and partaking in the heart-shaped herb, you're able to overcome these limitations and be presented with power beyond your imagination and being able to dive into the deepest of waters. So please come join the Diving Academy of Talakan today. All right, cool. Now that we're back from break, we are going to get into a discussion of the cultural impact of Black Panther and then also discuss dealing with grief and loss. So just like the Talakans and the more, it's time for our deep dive. So kicking off with the first part, we're going to touch on the culture. So if one of you guys want to start with describing the hype around the first movie and what it meant to you. I give that to Donovan. Yeah. Um, Yeah. 
Black Panther, the first movie for sure, um, was sort of like it was a it was a time stop for for Black people everywhere. Um, and even though you know a lot of people would call it you know the first Black Marvel movie, but you know we give that to Blade or mm-hmm. um, or, or I forget the other one. Spawn's not Marvel, Spawn. but but Marvel or Black comic book movie would go later mm-hmm. or Spawn. But I think even the the having it be Marvel movie in today's Marvel is much different from a Marvel movie in that day's Marvel. Um, so having like a full, not full black cast, but a majority black cast uh, focused on black culture in in Africa, um, the first movie really sold you on um, the pride you can have uh, from being from Africa. Um, for for having black skin for for being a part of that culture, um, because a lot of black people in America are disconnected from that culture. I'm disconnected from African culture, and I know Wakanda isn't a real place, but it definitely had very real African inspiration from it, uh, and it sort of introduced uh, a lot of people to that culture. Um, and what it meant to me was sort of um, opening. Uh, like, you know, I, like I said, I started from Sam Raimi Spider-Man. So from there to, to Black Panther and, and not really seeing a Black lead, uh, in my lifetime, uh, cause Blade, Blade came out in my lifetime, but I was a little bit too young. So my parents didn't watch it. <laughs> that makes but, sense. Uh, but having, having a, a, a full cast like that, um, with actual, uh, I guess real world uh, stakes and values through the the villain Killmonger, um, was it was opening and it was it was a conversation starter. Mm-hmm. So yeah, meet. Yeah, I'd definitely say like the the hype was just was insane, uh, especially like when it comes like he was announced in Civil War and then got his own movie which focused on black, like on African culture, the African roots. It really gave us like it was like oh man like modern day like you you didn't see that much like you saw like uh like a bunch of other superheroes you know like spider-man batman superman uh all the same race and then if you saw like any black hero like falcon they were relegated to a sidekick or or like a yeah war machine sidekick but in reality like this was one of the first times you had a black lead like a lead superhero and like he would take the whole show predominant black cast it was just amazing and especially considering like who was directing it with ryan coogler and like his uh, repertoire in his filmography which were Fruitvale station boy like do i need to say more like you knew like going into like he is going to hit <laughs> and and hit he did like that first movie was so great it was so powerful again as donovan said conversation starters like i rewatched that movie so many times in fact this was one of the few times for like a marvel movie in which my mother and my grandmother went and saw it without wow. me wow <laughs> like because i was in college when it came out so i saw it and they went and saw it and told me about it. I was like, <laughs> I was like, wow, y'all, y'all went and saw it. Oh, oh man, hold up. So that definitely lets you know, like it was like this was something else, and this was definitely a movie to remember. Yeah, 
So both of y'all kind of really touched on what I was thinking about the hype. So I don't remember if the Black Panther movie was announced before his appearance in Civil War or not, but I know like... Same time. Okay, so around the same time. So I remember it was supposed to be like that very next year. So Civil War came out like 2016. But then that's when Spider-Man entered the MCU from... uh, Sony allowed him to show it, so it pushed it back. And I remember I was like, I was kind of mad, but Spider-Man is my favorite hero, so it's kind of like 50-50 with that. So definitely just his first appearance, the first movie. I remember I was in college too. We had the whole back row in the theater, uh, just me and my friends. Like, it was packed. Uh, Just like the Wakandan salute, people talking with different accents coming out of it, uh, just wild and out, the outfits. And you were right, Donovan, like, not even just, like, taking pride in it, because I feel like there is, like, a sense of, okay, we're Black, we take pride in that, but it's, like, you can celebrate being Black because you are and it's just like it's something to be celebrated not something like in spite of but to just celebrate because and that's what was so exciting to see that so like the transition in this movie was kind of just like rough because of real life situation but in the first one just like the celebration of it and both of you are right with like the lead actor being black so y'all did touch on blade and also spawn but there was another one in the Trash-tastic four where <laughs> Michael B. Jordan was, you know, uh, we don't talk about that movie though. So, so that, that didn't exist. So now just like even having this first black lead. So this is going to kind of transition into the next topic. So I'll take it wh- what it meant to me. Uh, so like, why does this character movie stand out more than other black superheroes? Wasn't a sidekick like um, War Machine and Falcon, both sidekicks. But even getting deeper into it, so like Luke Cage and Black Lightning, both were leads in shows. And I love both those shows. But one thing that was that I really hated was that it's the same show. So you have tall, dark and handsome main character that's like a pillar of the community or working in the pillar of the community. They don't want to be a hero anymore, but they both get dragged in because a gang attacks that pillar of the community and takes out or takes someone that they care about. So then it's like them, they have to fight a gang led by a black person that is more or less ashamed of being black and wants the higher position and go legit from being in a gang. And with that, it's like, oh, they also have to fight the government or a shadow organization in the government that uh, is quote unquote, the man. So like, what's so tough to me and why I hate that is because not all black people are in gangs and not all black people that are smart are exceptional black people. Like it's not something that should be like, Oh, here's the five smart black people. And the rest are just like poor or like in the hood. And that like, I hate that so much. So like seeing Wakanda black Panther, it's like, you can take pride of it. You can celebrate it. And guess what? The villain can just be a villain. He could be a Thanos level or as we're going to see later, a King level villain. And it doesn't have to be a gang. So, like, why does it stand out so much to you guys? Oh, man, I I want to say, like, he, he really stood out to me because of the fact, like, in the comic books, like, there, there's just so much history. And, like, it takes it takes the history of, like, African culture and, like, African, uh like, like, history in a society and it molds it, right? It molds it to, like, a superhero concept and and pretty much, like, doesn't make fun of it doesn't like poke fun at it instead like enhances it 
and it really like dives deep into the root of a person like at, and as you mentioned like it gives like it gives a bunch of kids like especially kids nowadays like a hero to look up to and say like hey this person like he is your role model like and as you said, like you don't have to have like a villain be you know the stereotypical villain that like most others would probably like other races try to think us as you know mm-hmm. being the like angry aggressive like gangsters drugs put pill pushing and all, all that just nonsense because like we kind of moved past that mostly uh keyword key is mostly <laughs> but yeah so like essentially like like it just proves like hey it gives a much more well-rounded aspect of black culture and african culture and like and just the hype around it like who t'challa is especially in the comics is just it's like yeah you you could not uh pick a better person to embrace like the black culture and give respect to it mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, all good points. Uh, to me, is I guess the character itself is is not even that deep. <laughs> um, I had, we had a Marvel encyclopedia growing up, and I would like flip through it as a child. I would only really look at the pictures. Um, and there was a, a page for Black Panther, and he's just in this black, all black, gold chain, gold eyes, uh, gold claws. Um, I don't, I don't remember the artist who drew it or who drew that run but um i was like this is just this is the coolest character i've ever seen in my life like why why wouldn't i like this character um and so it's just that was what really it's like he's just cool and then watching the movie and and learning more about his character i think it started to stand out more because um black people don't have that highlight on them usually um i mean you brought up black lightning and and the whole idea of like all black superheroes get lightning powers in some shape or form you know there's storm black lightning static um and i'm I'm probably missing thousands of others oh there's a lot Uh, oh there's there's way more you think um but like but no this guy is 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 um and i guess i can just go off the movies um in infinity war he was the one keeping up with captain america um in civil war he was chasing down bucky riding in a motorcycle up in hands with all of them yeah fighting everybody um and and black panther he was running on buildings and and fighting entire armies rko and rhinos and it's like wow this character is just he's he's made to shine um and they never stray away from his indifference uh to a a regular superhero like um like the 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 trend of like people having lightning powers um like he he has that that stardom power that leader of the team power that black people usually don't get um but yeah 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 that was definitely a good point uh so just even going from there we can we kind of touched on the impact of chat's Chadwick's passing and how you view this movie. If y'all have anything else to say, you can kind of add to it, or then we can just go to the cultural themes you picked up on. Yeah, um, I think uh, even like from the first trailer, uh, it it puts you in the mood of of um, of remembrance, um, of loss, of grief, um, 
but it doesn't. I, I should say the movie doesn't make you stay in it in the sense of okay, feel sad, always feel sad. Um, but it, the movie, especially in that last scene, is like um, it's okay to feel sad right now, but prepare for the future. You know, the future gets better. There is something up on the horizon. Um, and the the scene with his son um, and him taking his name and and sort of continuing his legacy. Not that, you know, that actually continues the legacy of Chadwick, but just having that metaphor of life gets better. Um, life goes on. And uh, yeah, that's really all I've got. Yeah, I, I don't think there's much else I can add to it just besides the, the themes and cultural impacts of it itself. I mean, we, we all touched on how how it basically affected all of us uh, and just what like what Chadwick, Chadwick's uh, role as Black Panther really meant to us. I mean, there's nothing more I can add to that. Yeah, I'll just add a little bit. I know that when people pass away, it's easy to kind of deify them in a sense. Um, so so just even with that, like none of us are pretending that we knew him personally or like we're friends with him or like how some people would do when people pass away. Um, but that doesn't nullify the impact that he had on like our lives with that. Uh, and just how much we, I remember getting the text from my sister uh, about it because she just sent me the Instagram link. And then I was reading it. And I was like, this is like, it didn't register with me when I read it the first few times. And then I was just like, oh, and then something else that we can touch on is this his strength. Like he he filmed the Black Panther movie sick that mm-hmm. entire time and didn't tell anybody about it, didn't complain about it. Um, that's just powerful in a sense of just like that strength that he projected. And ha- just the love that we had for that character. If we talk about go to the end of Infinity War when you watched it and think about the character the theater reactions. There were two reactions when the characters passed away where the entire theater like just like shouted, wailed, was in disbelief. And that was Black Panther and Spider-Man. And those were the loudest reactions when people got turned to dust. So mm-hmm. that definitely just was powerful and how we, so like even cultural themes, something that I just want to touch on. Um, none of us are Latino. I don't think you are either, uh, Donovan, but just like, them getting a real look too, just like the Mesopotamians, that South American uh, respect to that culture. Just with that, they got a good look. And I'm pretty sure there are a lot of Latino American fans of Marvel that did appreciate that. And the fact that Namor didn't get killed, we'll get to see him more. Going from there, we're just going to have an open discussion on grief. Uh, and just with that, like it was probably the main theme of the movie. Um, I'm just going to throw out a few things like there are definitely a lot of emotions that you have with it. And then we saw with Sherry just like where it can lead you to dark paths at times. So if y'all just want to take it from there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like the of course, we all know about, you know, the stages of grief. Right. And essentially, like you get a look into, in my opinion, there are like aspects of like each stage throughout the entire movie, you know, like surely went through denial through a good portion of it. It's like, hey, I'm not like willing to like which they're like, I'm not gonna think about my brother and his passing because if I do, I'm gonna burn the world. That was kind of like her and like her working all the time. It was kind of like denial transitioning into anger throughout the rest of the movie. Uh 
you know, there's the bargaining stage where like she was with Namor and was talking about, hey, why do I have like all of these capabilities and yet like I couldn't save my brother? And and like she understood that like, hey, my brother's gone and there's no way to get him back. Um, uh, but like I I don't know how to move forward from there. It's like it was only really towards the end of the movie where she fully like accepted the passing and like she was fully able to embrace that grief and as you mentioned and as we mentioned that the entire thing grief was all over the place like you had all of wakanda which was in grief queen ramonda was in grief for for all for most of the movie because even though like she was trying to you know be strong and that's like another aspect of grief that like i can really attest to is just the the feeling is like, hey, like, gr- like we're all grieving right now, but like, I gotta be the strong one. I gotta be the one to like, like, kind of hold it together to be there for the rest of the family and the rest of the gr- group and the rest of the kingdom. Like, that's like, I believe like that's what Queen Ramonda kind of like represented. Like, she's trying to like keep it and hold it together. And I think especially during the throne room scene when she yells at Koye, that's when like she let it all out. Uh-huh. Yeah, it definitely uh, uh, on on Shuri. It's funny because when I got home from watching the movie, I like you know finally calmed down, laid down in my bed, and then like as my brain was calming down, and I was like, oh, she hit every single stage of grief. <laughs> and I like got back up and started to think about it more. But yeah, Shuri is sort of, I feel like, our um, vehicle to, mm-hmm. um, to experience every single stage of grief. All of, I feel like all of the characters do uh, hit different points. Um, there's the queen, who, who I feel like hits almost the same amount as Shuri. Um, there's even M'Baku in the scene after the queen dies, mm-hmm. uh, where he is... Um, trying to console uh, Sherry, but he's really like, well, to be honest with you, I need help right now. Um, and there's a Koye um, with it's mm, it's sort of grief, but but losing her position um, and trying to to be used to being the civilian um, or get used to being a civilian and, and recognizing her failure. Um, and so there's just the grief keeps popping up in tons of different characters um throughout the movie uh and i think it does a good job with with shuri's story and even uh the queen um in in nimbaku with shuri it being the worst for her um because not only did she lose her brother but she lost her mom um and uh i believe the only time she ever cries is the very last scene um, I might have to double check that. Um, I think but... maybe her mom. Yeah, it yeah. was the brothers at the funeral, and when and after like and when her mom dies. Okay, but and like the genuine that. tears of yeah, processing. Genuine, yes. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember, I, I, well, I was loosely remembering when the mother actually dies. If she was like just angrily screaming or actually crying, it's probably a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the 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 very ending shot with her crying is the perfect ending to I feel probably any Marvel movie. Um, with 
all of the 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 emotions from the movie and and the life itself with their their montage and tribute to Chadwick um in and just like finally letting out okay I'm sad I have to process these emotions um and she hits that acceptance part where or in the beginning that's where I feel like the the denial and acceptance is the denial is is burning her funeral clothes and the acceptance is the very end when she finally does um do it yeah yeah so the definition of grief is deep sorrow especially that's caused by someone's death or the informal version is trouble or annoyance but just with that uh, grief doesn't necessarily have to be the loss of someone dying but it can be the loss of anything and just deep sorrow that overtakes us uh, i think even just a grief that people feel often is just like people not being in your lives anymore um from the standpoint it could be death it can be just moving away i know just like when i was younger literally every best friend i had from like third through fifth grade moved away to a point where i was just like yo i'm not gonna have any best friend like i can have friend groups um which has kind of helped me like navigate dealing with different people but like trouble of just like having that one go-to person because not having mm -hmm. like the trust of like okay they're gonna leave me every time i get associated with them every time i open myself up um grief can also just be with uh losing uh a significant other to whatever circumstances a family member that you just had a falling out with maybe losing a job that you loved other things like that or hobby goals dreams so just like grief with that is something that I think so many people can connect with uh, and it's so easy to bury it. You're right that like Shuri was our vehicle with this because with her, I could see like different aspects. If you replace Tashala with like this in my life where it's like, okay, I can see how I'm processing it through that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was a like really great point when it comes to like a hey, grief is like, doesn't have to necessarily just be, uh just be the loss of a person it can be just it can be anything like as uh donovan was saying it's like when it came to okoye and like losing her position in the daughter melaje like she, you could just like she was kind of going through it as well uh like in the brief interaction you see with her before things go south and and like her trying her best to like help as much as possible even though like she's still dealing with it i think like that's a like another telling uh sign you can even say like with when it comes to people like killmonger and uh and uh namor like they were mm -hmm. going through grief as well uh like grief for their people but but when it comes to that it's just like how they like decide to express and and like move from that that's like what's telling of a person it's like when it comes to like surety like she she just had like keep holding it inwards and then like eventually like she was able to let it to let it out and to eventually like move on hopefully by the uh like at the end of the movie and then come to like no more or killmonger like they <laughs> like they held on it to, to it so tightly that they decided to spread their aggression out to the re outwards towards the rest of the world which yeah. is yeah okay. what were you oh, gonna say i was, I was gonna go monger um have such mirrored uh, uh quests um from the first two or from the first movie in this one 
Um, and, and the more seeing his people uh, enslaved and, and, and treated unfairly. And from that point on, even as a child, he was like, okay, if it's on the surface, I hate it. Um, and him, you know, eventually getting to the point where he is now, where he's like, okay, I want to go to war with the surface. Um, and then a similar way of, of Killmonger, like, oh, my people are enslaved all over, or were enslaved all over the world. Um, some still are in, in different ways, but if I get the power of Wakanda, I can, I can free them. I can do what's right. Um, and that, uh, that mirror being even elevated through the, uh, throne room scene when she takes the, uh, the, 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 the heart-shaped herb, um, and sees Killmonger, um, he's like, oh, you took, you took my, my mom away from me. You destroyed my, my hometown. You destroyed my people. So I'm going to come after you. Um, and that builds on this, on the idea of, like you were saying, how, uh, grief between not just loss, but grief for circumstances leads us to making rash and sometimes dangerous decisions. Um, and uh, I guess my closing for, for the brief section would be the final scene and where uh, you see Queen Rwanda um, say, show them who you are. Uh, and I forgot what she said when she brought Shuri to the river in the, the first scene. But she said something along the lines of like she went there and she felt um, T'Challa touch her um, mm -hmm. and speak to her. Um, and I think that was the callback that they were referring to is that in that moment to kill somebody, she really did the ritual all over again. She was in, in front of the water and her mom reached out, touched her and, and spoke to her um, and was able to break that that cycle that Killmonger and, and Namor were in. Um, or not cycle, but that status of mm -hmm. of wanting to get revenge that Killmonger and Namor was in uh, to their grief. That's a great point because Shuri, like when she responded to that scene, she was like, it's just a construct in your head to make you feel better. Um, it's not really him touching. And for that to kind of connect is powerful. Yeah. So do you guys have anything else? No. No, right. nah, I think we so, covered it. Yeah. So just uh, to, to wrap that up, um, if you're going through debrief, whatever that may be, um, just like reach out to who you need to reach out to. If you need to get professional help, in a sense, uh, do that. Um, don't, don't hold it in and take the time to process it. If that means you have to get away from the world to do it, get away from the world. If that means you have to be around some people and talk to people, definitely do that. So yeah, you got something? Oh, yeah, I was also going to piggyback off that and say, like, hey, just know that, like, you're not alone in the grief. Uh, it's like, like, you may think, like, you might be alone. That you may think no one can understand, like, what you may be going through at the current moment. But, like, chances are there are, like, well more, like, there are a lot of people who maybe experienced something similar or may have gone through something similar to what you've had. And if you go through that, then just and just know that, like, hey it's okay like like that's another thing just just take time and process because it's okay to grieve uh it's not weakness to cry thanks for that so going from there we are going to get into our next sponsor for the day and for our sponsor of the day we have vibranium vibrations want to get ahead on your dance moves keep up with the latest trends come down to vibranium vibrations which is a weekly dance course provided by the dora milaje which also doubles as a combat readiness course you'll see gains after 60 days and all women are automatically recruited for service 
there will be no refunds provided and uh, Vibranium Vibrations is not responsible for any injuries. All right, now that we came up for air, we're gonna get into a bit more lighthearted. This is just a mini dive looking at the future of Marvel moving forward and have a bigger discussion, particularly on uh, Marvel Phase 5. With that, we are gonna have one of our favorite segments, one that I'm still on probation from, I will get off eventually, hopefully. Never. <laughs> so Donovan, can you hit us with the random fan theory of the week? <laughs> All right, I have a, a personal one. Um, I don't, I don't have full trust in it because I know it's a different character. But with them gearing up for Young Avengers and um, Riri being introduced in this movie, but also T'Challa's son being introduced in this movie. I know T'Challa has a son with Storm, who I forget his name, but he was in one of the animated movies I watched as a child. Um, I believe called the next Avengers. Um, I don't think it was this um in the movie, but I would love to see if that probably not phase five, but that would be my fan theory. Um, even in the movie, uh, when he was like, Can you keep a secret? When he was talking to Sherry, I thought he was gonna like zap the fire or something. I'm like, ah, oh, there it is, there it is. But no, they they very they kept it, they kept it sweet and wholesome. So that was good. Uh, something that I, um, I I think the fans would like to know, Meech, is your uh, Chick-fil-A sauce uh, technique. I found it very interesting. Oh, oh, really? Really? Okay, okay. I mean, it's, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's not exactly a thing, like, I'm pretty sure a lot of people know about it, you know, just taking the, uh, like, you know, how normally you just pour the sauce onto the sandwich, or you may dip the thing in the sandwich, you like, and take a bite of that. I think it's a bit messy, especially like if you're like in certain places like a movie theater. Yes, I did sneak Chick-fil-A into the movies. I do not care. I I am him. You will never catch me slipping. Uh and and this is how I get banned from every movie theater on the planet. But hey, y'all never gonna find which one's me. Uh <laughs> but but essentially like what I do is like, okay, I you know, the bag that the Chick-fil-A sandwich comes in, I take the chicken fillet out. I put it in the bag. I pour my sauces in there, shake it up so that way it gets coated in the sauce. Put it back on the bread, pour whatever sauce is left in the bag onto the sandwich and then have a good time. I mean, it's it's simple as that. No, nah, you 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 might be a genius. I might need to do that. Yeah, it's 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 easy. It's a uh, it's like it's relatively clean and you don't have to worry about sauce dripping everywhere. Yeah, when you were shaking it, I was like, what is going on next to me? Like, I was confused, but then I, I, I recognized the full process and I was like, okay, I'm with it. So on that lighthearted note, uh, just to bring it back, now we're going to get into uh, what, what we want to see. Well, where does Marvel go next? And then what we want to see next. So let me read off the list of phase five specifically. I'm not going to get into phase six at the moment. So for the film wise, we have Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, and then the Marvels for 2023. Confirm These are all confirmed movies. There is some other speculation, but for what's confirmed, I'm just going to touch on that. Then we have in 2024, Captain America, New World Order, Thunderbolts, and then 
Blade, quote unquote. There is, like I mentioned, Deadpool has a confirmed. Uh, Tom Holland signed up for six more Spider-Man, well, six appearances as Spider-Man, three Spider-Man films, and then three other appearances uh, going from there. And then Armor Wars, I'm not sure when that's going to come out because it was going to be a TV show, but now they're going to make it as a movie. For the TV series, we have Secret Invasion, which comes out next year. Echo, Loki Season 2. Ironheart, which I don't know if it's going to be a part of Armor Wars or not. Agatha, Coven of Chaos, and then Daredevil, Born Again. So we can just kind of go from there. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, as I said, things are about to look good. Uh, as you know, like, at least for the Guardians 3, like, this is going to be probably the last one because, you know, James Gunn's heading over to DC land and to go fix that mess uh and and decide to grace us with uh his plan so expect that one to be like a fun ride i'm pretty sure like that one's probably gonna like tie in with more of the cosmic realm because right now we're dealing more multiversal stuff uh so things like as a king the conqueror uh pretty much as we mentioned with phase six like it's gonna lead to secret wars and just and just hopefully that uh, that movie gonna go dummy, uh, and by dummy I mean like that. That one's gonna be the movie where I hope everybody comes back. Like it's gonna basically be like, basically be like how Endgame was, but just everybody. And if you can't get everybody, that's fine. That's okay. But uh, as many people as possible, I think that would be like a a major treat to the fans. Or at least see different variants of the same character. Do you think uh, Gamora comes back? Do you think Gamora comes back in Volume Three? Gamora? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. She she has to come back because of the fact of like what her character, like pretty much left off as essentially. In fact, I believe Zo- Zoe Saldana, the actress who plays Gamora, stated dissatisfaction with just how her character ended up because of the fact like her character arc kind of concluded in Infinity War. And then she gets killed off, but then comes back, but is it at a place before her character development starts? So it's like she's back at square one. Right. So she she wants like she is hammering home for her character to get developed back to essentially like where she was before. So she definitely has to come back for part three. Yeah. I also think it would be cool to see her in in more of her role as the the galaxy's deadliest woman. Because we saw it a little bit in in the first Guardians movie, but she sort of instantly went into you know her hero role, um, and I know that she's not with the Guardians anymore because of Thor. So it'll be cool if we should see her around the galaxy, uh, away from the squad. You know. Yeah. Anything else you think Marvel's going to touch on with just like what I listed? Uh... Um, go ahead, Mitch. I still got to think about it. Oh yeah. All right. So. All right, just letting you guys know right now, Secret Invasion is probably not going to be the way you think it's going to be. It's not going to be like the comic book event in the sense of like scrolls taking over everybody and all the superheroes. I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to be like a much more like a smaller scale version with just like maybe like rogue agents that that may have gone uh that got Secret Invasioned uh but, but yeah, it's like besides that, as I mentioned, like Ironheart going to be. Ironheart gonna be crazy. Ironheart gonna gonna be hilarious. Uh, mm-hmm. and I know like Loki. I really hope like with Loki season two, think like I want that one to tie more to the uh, 
like more into like the Kang and the multiversal angle because that's where it kind of got introduced at. So like it to, would, yeah. so it kind of has to follow that line. Otherwise, what are you doing? Uh, but I trust the process. Then Daredevil: Born Again. Mm. Mm. Well, that's where we know we're getting Spider-Man again with that. You 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 darn right. You darn right because I, I need I need Parker and Matt to to be together once again, uh, in their suits. That's that's the big deal. I need them to be in their suits. I need them to fight uh fight Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin. I I I need to see it happen. It's like you have to have Spider-Man fight Kingpin on screen, like because that's his ability. No, he didn't die. <laughs> he did not die at all because of the fact that exact same scenario happened in the comics and he lived. Because mm-hmm. because I think he got shot in the chest. Uh, so he obviously gonna live that. And you ain't gonna kill off Vincent D'Onofrio like that. Nah, nah, I ain't buying it. Yeah, not if you're just bringing him back. Yeah. So you got anything, Donovan? Yeah. Um, I heard. And I'm kind of agreeing with this whole idea that the Thunderbolts are finna get rolled in their movie. Um, and the whole idea of, of uh, or that coming after Captain America, New World Order, um, just based off the title alone, sort of makes me think as, you know, as S.H.I.E.L.D. goes further into, and actually this is a question I had about this movie. Um, Valentina is the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. now, or was he talking about someone else? Yeah, CIA, no, she's the CIA. Oh, CIA. Okay, yeah, because, um, yeah, I remember him saying something about the, the new director is is all over him, things like that, and then they brought in Valentina. But mm-hmm. um, basically, with with Kang gaining more and more power in the background, um, and as he probably will gain even more power in Quantumania, uh, I think that is the one, not the one, but a big uh, enemy or or type of enemy that they have no idea how to fight because they fought aliens. Um, they fought uh, with with magic. They fought with uh, governmental powers, but they have not fought a time traveler across the multiverse. So I think that they might get sent out to fight um kang and they will get rolled i don't know who will die but i don't think they will win yeah there's this um this cool scene from comic-con with kang where he has a bar i'm not gonna say it since like it wasn't in the trailer but i'll just but let's just say like he will body the avengers given the chance uh so ready so with that i think they're gonna do two things uh in phase five they're gonna introduce the x-men in some form. I don't think like the full X-Men team will get introduced until Secret Wars. That way it'll set up going into the King Dynasty. And then number two, they're going to introduce that Fantastic Four separately, or at least like two members at a time or like one member here and there, just because I don't think the first time we see the real, not the Reed Richards that was introduced in um, Doctor Strange. Strange. But like whoever gets cast as the new one, Thing, Johnny Storm, and then Sue Storm, uh, whoever, I think they're going to introduce them separately, hmm. um, just so we can get a familiarization with the character. Like think about Black Panther, he got introduced before his movie. Uh, Spider Man got introduced before Homecoming. Uh, even just if you think about the early uh, MCU, 
Uh, Black Widow got introduced, I believe, in Iron Man 2, was yep. before yeah. Avengers. So she got introduced then. Uh, we saw uh, just, just other characters like that get introduced before their actual movies. So I think we're going to see different characters. And then the fact that they have been saying mutant more openly, we're going to see that. Uh, and I we're like- also going to see Doctor Doom. Oh, I have to. I like that theory. I, I think the only thing about that is the fact that, like, this is the third introduction of them. It's like, you're not, they're not going to, like, rehash the origins again because it's basically a exactly. Spider-Man scenario. Right. So I think, like, instead of maybe two at a time, they might just going to just throw them out there and just be like, yep, here they are. Or at most, like, kind of do it like, Okay, just have the most recognizable member of the Fantastic Four just pop up, kind of like Reed Richards, like the official Reed Richards, maybe like have the Baxter building in the background, just something to let them know like, hey, or heck, heck, you just introduce Doom first and just be like, here you go. We see Doom by Secret Wars. Because I there was a rumor that there was going to be something about him in the Wakanda forever, but they took it out. So I think we see Doom in Phase 5. Yeah, yeah, they took out, but they kept, like, a tiny hint in with the fact, like, hey, when he's talking with Namor, talking with Namor, he's like, hey, when we go attack the surface world, we're going to need their help to conquer, like, when they were talking about, like, there's this specific nation out there that they were talking about. So, like, I was like, oh, they talking about Latin area. Mm, Okay, yeah. I think so. And all also, right. don't forget, Deadpool 3 is supposed to drop in yeah. basic, so means um, yeah, all so the way for that okay. one. All right, so where does Wakanda go next? Um, I actually am really excited about this because uh, sort of like you guys were saying, how Namor won, because uh, the rest of the world still doesn't know about the telephone. So they still are under the belief that all the attacks done to them were by the Wakandans. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, Ross was only, you know, backing them off for so long. And now that he's been arrested and then uh, rescued by a Wakandan, they're definitely going to start gearing up to fight Wakanda. So I think it might, or not for sure, but most likely um, the outposts around the world or or outposts sourcing centers around the world are going to close down and they're going to become more reclusive. Um, and maybe even not be seen in the the larger, I guess, governmental uh, watch fights, sort of like the Thunderbolts or or uh, the next Captain America um, or even any S.H.I.E.L.D. projects going on, um, that they might just be ostracized again, but this time not by their own choice. Um, which would be, I think, the cool development for. Mm-hmm. All right, cool, cool. I think like uh, on, well, firstly, I, I just want to say like, hey, with when it comes to, you know, like the most popular like relationship between for uh, like Black Panther is obviously with Storm. And because of T'Challa's passing, like, hey, what? What if it's this the the young T'Challa that gets together with Storm? Like either either like Storm's gonna be a kid for like a long time mm. or like for uh I, I don't know, think they do that. It's either that or they age him up or or do or age like the new T'Challa up or you or, mean like Hulk's son? 
Well, he kind of got introduced as an adult, so yeah. in the comics, so he was all it was already on site with him, but uh, mm-hmm. but like T'Challa, like hey, new T'Challa maybe either aged up, like whether it's like due to Secret War shenanigans or Kang shenanigans. That's a good point. Or because so, the fact we're dealing with multiverse and time, so and time mm-hmm. travel, so like. Hey, that child can get aged up and like almost nobody w- would barely bat an eye about that. Uh and like that that'll be a perfect chance to like have him be Black Panther, to have him be ruler of kind of kind of set everything back to sat- status quo and even have his aunt Shuri as the as another black as the second Black Panther in order to like keep both people. But as far mm-hmm. as but that's just my wishful thinking. But in terms of like what actually might happen uh again i would probably say like it's probably gonna be like more war uh like more war in the sense like hey america gonna come after them uh well most definitely Uh, and then of course latveria when it gets introduced is gonna come at them sideways of course like no more gonna have to come back uh especially by the time the x-men pop up because because the fact he a mutant, so he gonna there's it's just gonna be a whole lot of hoopla, gonna be like a like a three way war between Latveria, mm-hmm. actually a four way war, Latveria, Wakanda, Talakan, and then perhaps like even Xavier and like Xavier and Magneto and all the mutants because like mm-hmm. they're gonna be another party that's gonna be interested in this whole scenario. Yeah. I saw somewhere that uh, Kevin Feige said that they deserve to have Wakandans deserve to have their story told. So I don't know if that means we'll get a Black Panther th- three. I think there was a rumored release of a Dora Milaje or Okoye uh, TV, uh, TV show. show. Two, yeah, I yeah, I, that sounds familiar. I'm not 100 percent sure when that would be, but I did do remember seeing that um so that would be definitely cool because we saw that they popped up in the falcon and the winter soldier so definitely i think they're going to be like agents working across the world kind of like how you even mentioned like they got uh agent ross so like i think they're just going to be like working all across the world so definitely interesting to see where it goes from now uh, from there any other thing we kind of touched on where marvel not anything that you particularly want to see for me i'm not, we're not going to get battle world but that would be cool to see, but I already kind of mentioned Fantastic Four and X Men. So, like you, you may never know. Secret War might actually go to Battle World. You may never know. All, all, the Beyonder. All, all I, all I'm saying is, give me that symbiote boy. Yeah, yeah. That that little nugget of symbiote is crawling around somewhere in Mexico, somewhere, and he's just having the time of his life. I just, I just, I just need Venom MCU. I, I, I don't care. Also, Venom mm-hmm. Three gonna be dropping soon ish. Yep, it, we about to we about to get some symbiote action, boys. All right, <laughs> yeah, Donovan, anything you got? Yeah, I I definitely got to see the X Men in the MCU. Um, I think they're they're in a perfect position in the MCU for them to bring in the X Men and make the uh, the whole humans hating mutants believable because I don't think any real world power right now likes superheroes in general. Um, yeah. So a lot of the the talk of, about the comics of like, oh, why are the Avengers loved but X-Men hated would be brought in, you know, perfectly um, at this time. 
and then that can even build to uh, a, a fantastic four team of that being like the new government uh, official official stance um, because they you know they can't co- control the Avengers. So having the Fantastic Four in there, or even having that E Doom start um, and him shift over to Latveria later, um, that's what I want to see. I want to see some some more some more politics mm-hmm. <laughs> in, in my superhero movie. Yeah. Uh, King aside, Fantastic Four and X-Men are going to make or break phase five and phase six. Yeah. So, yep. so going from there, we're going to get into our recommendations. Uh, anything that you guys have? I don't have too much. I know for me, I want to shout out a YouTube channel, Internet City. Uh, it's about my boys, Mikey and Aaron. Uh, and they... And they do like really fun content, you know, about like about pretty much myriad of topics. They do like anime music reviews or reactions and then just funny reactions overall, just funny content. And do, they do many wild things. So I definitely want to give them the give them their uh, recommendation. So Internet City uh, on YouTube. And that's pretty much. But and besides like the comic run of Black Panther as well as the Black Panther movie, you need to go see that. If you want to see like more black heroes, uh, you can watch the Blade movies. Well, movies as in one and two. Unfortunately, there is no third one, so we can't uh, watch. Unfortunately, there is no more Wesley Snipes after the second one. Um, you can watch. Uh, There's a Blade anime style cartoon movie with like wolverine yeah 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 i almost forgot about like the the marvel anime scene i was kind of crazy but uh but yeah there's that there's also um spawn i mean you can watch that one uh i i know spawn one of my favorite characters but uh that movie kind of kind of rough in in a lot of areas watch the tv series (laughs) oh yeah watch the tv series like that that one's better uh go on hbo max and you got it there but also another big one spider-man into the spider-verse boom no no nothing else needs to be said about that yeah i watched that movie like four times in uh theaters uh, so another one, there's a, there used to be a Black Panther TV show on BET. That's oh. kind of like stop motion. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Oh, you just unlocked a memory <laughs> for me on that one. So I watched it on YouTube. Well, I think it was like on Netflix and YouTube for a while. You might be able to watch it on YouTube or like check it out on like BT plus or something like that. If you can get a free trial, another one. It's not really a recommendation, but just keep it on your dial. There's going to be a video game with Black Panther and Captain America set in, I forgot War which two. war, World War II. Okay, so yeah. it's set in that time, and it's actually Chastala's grandpa, I believe. That will come out probably in years, but that's definitely something you can check out. And on Marvel's Avengers video game, which is pretty mid, but there is a Black Panther section <laughs> to that. Uh, and also you can check him out in civil war his first appearance and then also in infinity war and just going from there so we're kind of wrapping up we're about to hit our plugs but with everything next week we're going to be having our blurred thanksgiving so we're going to have another special guest on uh just we don't know what we're going to talk about yet but it's going to be a really fun feast and a fun time so just check us out for that uh as you get into the holiday season all right and hit you up with the plugs now all right. So, of course, we got ourselves our Instagram and our Twitter, which is Blurred City 22. Uh, that's where you can find us and all our posts and give us our 
that nice little subscribe and that little follow and check the bell. Go on YouTube with Blurred City Pod, and you can do the same thing there. And that way you stay up to date to all our different functions and things that we got going on. We also have our uh, our Discord, which is linked in our Instagram page. And then we also have our pot, our Patreon, where in which you can just give support to us and then you can get like episodes early as well as new uh special episodes that are not found on any podcast platform so hey if you want to get extra content with us go to patreon and then finally we have ourselves our email which is blurcity22 at gmail.com where you can submit uh questions for our q a sessions you can submit giga free cows you can get, submit a random fan theories of the week <laughs> we got that and that's pretty much all we have in terms of our friends of my plugs hit hit me with yours for my individual author pages you can catch me on instagram at mitri underscore dash m-e-t-r-i underscore d-a-s-h and you can check out my twitter at the mad dash 16 so t-h-e-m-a-d-a-s-h 16 uh, so anything you want to plug donovan um, I guess you can follow my my Instagram and YouTube. Uh, I say I guess because I, I won't be posting until January, but I will be posting soon. Um, just finished my script for my comic. Um, so trailers will be releasing on Instagram at Smith Arts Official and on YouTube at just Smith Arts. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Dope. We'll definitely be following that. Uh, so just going from there, we've said a lot on this journey, and you can leave the people with words of encouragement. Um, yeah, just to, to wrap up this episode um, and, and the whole idea uh, of grief, uh, I know grief is hard, but I think when we go through grief, we also go through um, a time of strengthening. Uh, we become stronger people as we suffer. It's unfortunate but it is a way of life. Um, we can't learn how to solve problems if we don't have problems. Um, so if you are having problems, if you are going through grief, um, my words of encouragement is that it will get better. Um, and when it does, and you can not only see the light at the end of the tunnel, but be at that light at the end of the tunnel, um, embrace it, feel its warmth, um, and know that you're a better person because of what you're through. Thanks. Thanks so, so much for last words. It was great having you on. Uh, definitely have you on in the future, if, depending on the projects that just come up. And going from there, it's not goodbye forever. It's just goodbye for now. And that's the Blurred City Pod. See you later. All right. Thank you for having me on. <laughs>